Hello and welcome to another episode of Pop Fix, your weekly fix of pop culture news and gossip. I'm Marnie Dixit and I'm joined by my lovely co-host today, Summer Rose. Hello. And we are without Steph. She sends her apologies, but uh, the show must go on. Indeed it must. (laughs) Coming up on the show, we're chatting about Invasion Day, Bling Empire, the Trumps and heaps more. So let's get into your pop fix where we fill you in on everything that's happened in the entertainment world this week. Okay, so now that we can officially call Donald Trump a former US president, former, thank God, that is behind us, I wanted to chat about his wife Melania and their relationship because I think that we're all wondering if she's going to divorce him now that she's no longer first lady, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, it must be coming. Oh, definitely. And apparently she's now counting down the minutes until she can divorce him according to some new reports. Donald Trump's niece, Mary Trump, who I've not heard of, but I think I really like, wrote a scathing memoir of her uncle last year where she called him the world's most dangerous man. And did I just say dangerous? He is the most dangerous man. (laughs) He's so dangerous. It's (laughs) the the most most dangerous. And claimed that he doesn't understand affection or intimacy. As his presidential term came to an end, many people have been speculating about the future of their relationship. And if you've been paying much attention to Melania the last couple months, you would have seen that she has sort of checked out, uh, as one White House source told (laughs) CNN in the wake of the January 6th riots. And look, I totally get it. In her mind, she was winning. She was getting married to a super rich man, but then he decided to run for president. And that is not Mm. what she signed up for. She did not sign up to be first lady. She just signed up to be a rich lady. So I get it, Melania. This isn't the life yeah. that you envisioned. <laughs> no, you're not enjoying life. I wonder if there was like a contract to their marriage and it and it like had a little disclaimer at the bottom. I she bet missed. there was. <laughs> I bet there was. Yeah, you must be right. Did you see the video recently where Trump is posing on the tarmac and she just goes <laughs> now? She just walks. <laughs> she just keeps walking. Like I'm She's sure like- that everyone listening has seen that video, but if for some reason you haven't, you must watch it because it is just the best. She gives no fucks at oh, yeah. all. She is done. Done. I mean, there have been so many videos as well, like over the last couple of years where she just rejects holding his hand. And <laughs> yeah. in I think there was one recent event where she was holding on to some other man's arm rather than his <laughs> who, who was this man i think he was um like a serviceman i feel like it was around uh the time of remembrance day or something i'm right. not sure okay um, husband numero dos i don't actually know how many times she's been married but perhaps it's her next husband. no yeah neither i think she was quite young when she married trump so maybe he's her first Trump's former aide and The Apprentice star Omarosa Manigot Newman, whose book Unhinged offers a behind-the-scenes look into the Trump administration and their marriage, has also claimed that the marriage is close to over. So during an appearance on British TV show Lorraine last year, she said, It's a very strange marriage. I'm very cautious to comment on the dynamics of a marriage because you never know what goes on behind closed doors. But I have known this couple since they were dating. They got married a year after The Apprentice aired. What I've observed in the last 17 years would make your head spin. Sometimes they like each other, but sometimes she is repulsed by him. She told the Daily Mail, Melania is counting every minute until he is out of office and she can divorce. If Melania were to try to pull the ultimate humiliation and leave while he's in office, he would find a way to punish her, which sounds kind of like what you were saying. There are also rumours that the pair had separate rooms during their time at the White House. If the pair does divorce, Melania could apparently get as much as $50 million as well as custody of their son, Baron. Wow. So what I'm wondering is who do you think 
could be Melania's next husband. <laughs> I, you know, even though we joked about whomever she was holding the arm of could be the next husband, I think she's done for a while. I think she's going to live that single life. Yeah. She's just been through, like, possibly one of the hardest marriages ever. Yeah. And had to cop a lot of shit. I mean, even, like, recently... Was it Joe? Was the actor's name Joe Matheson or something? Like, made fun of her for not being able to speak English. She said, finally, we're getting a first lady who can actually speak English. It's like, okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Let's not, let's not go for, for Melania. Well, for that her. is the thing, right? She, she was an immigrant, and Trump's like, oh, immigrants. Blah. And I'm like, yeah. oh, man, your wife, come on. <laughs> yeah. Your wife and her family. So, <laughs> yeah. Maybe don't put yourself so high up, all right? Um, <laughs> yeah. But who do you think she do you think she'll live the single life or do you think she'll she'll move on? Mm, I don't know. I reckon she'd probably move on. Um, I've seen talk that, you know, it might be another businessman. But, you know, we spoke last week about a guy who's having some problems with the ladies. So maybe Melania and Army Hammer could get together. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Just <laughs> Do you think she would remove a rib? Oh, God. Oh, no. my gosh. But you know what? She has done well because she's got Baron, so she will always have money, let's be honest. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. I mean, you know, she, she went through a very tough four years, I'm sure, and now she doesn't ever have to decorate for Christmas. That was a big deal for her, right? Decorating for Christmas <laughs> at the White House. <laughs> Every year in Australia, people tune onto ABC radio station Triple J to listen to what some of the population voted as the top tracks of the year. Two weeks before the new year, people are asked to vote for their favourite Australian and alternative music. This year's number one track comes from English psychedelic pop band Glass Animals and their track Heatwaves. Marnie, have you heard the song? I listened to it specifically because I needed to know, you know, which one was number one. And I have to be honest, I thought that it would be better. Oh, not not a not a fan of the of the heat waves. Of the heat waves, yeah. Although it makes sense that that song would be number one this week, right? Good point. It's all it's it's like the Bureau of Meteorology is yeah, like yeah, yeah. swinging the votes. Yeah. Um, personally, I I I like Glass Animals. I I yeah, I was kind of like surprised that that was number one, yeah. but you know, maybe we're just not in touch with. Oh, for sure. Looks I'm not in touch with, like, cool stuff. I just, like, listen to pop music. Like, I'm going to be honest. I'm putting myself <laughs> out there and saying <laughs> I'm not into cool music. <laughs> I'm into well, what's maybe, popular. <laughs> maybe you do better further down the list because yes. we have coming in at second place is Australian band Spacey Jane and their track Booster Seat. And third place was Flume, who is an Australian singer with uh, oh, Flume's song The Difference. Um, and this comes to no shock, probably to you, to me, to Pop Fix listeners, <laughs> but WAP hit the charts pretty high, coming in sixth place, which divided the Twitter sphere. One tweeter said, thank fuck this wasn't first. <laughs> Whereas another said, I can't wait for nine years time in 2030 when they do the hottest 100 of the 2020s and WAP gets justice by winning. Oh, wow. Um, what do you think? Do you think it could be like the top song of the last decade? Please, no. 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 Like okay. I'm all for them, you know, singing about whatever they want. I just don't really love the song, to be honest. Like it's quite intense no. to me. Like 
when I'm listening to music and if I hear that song come on, it just sticks out so much to me. I can't oh, yeah. just like have it on in the background. But don't you love the the you know, beautiful poetry of the words gobble me, swallow me, drip down the side. I'm sorry. <laughs> it is beautiful poetry. Um yeah. but just 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 not my favourite song, which is fine. It's other people's favourite song and yeah. that's all good. <laughs> well, perhaps the most surprising song to crack the charts was Mashed and Kutcher's track Get on the Beers. Yes, I saw which that. it's iconic. <laughs> It is iconic, especially in Australia. So it's a it's a track made up of snippets of um, Victorian Premier Dan Andrews speaking at a press conference last March where he asked Victorians not to congregate and not to get on the beers. Uh, the track is a banger and it made its way to iTunes charts at second place. Um, Dan Andrews even commented on the win congratulating Mashton Kutcher but said that now that a politician has made the hottest 100, it's no longer hot. I did see that. He's a good sport, <laughs> I reckon. He is. Yeah. He really is. Um, Marnie... Yeah. What do you think? Is it no longer hot now or was oh. it ever hot? What's your take on Triple J's Hottest 100? Okay. Um, I don't know. You know what? I think for some people it's like the biggest deal. Like you see people putting mm. up on their Instagram stories, this is who I voted for, this is what I love. And that's – I was just – I as I said, I just don't think I'm cool enough. I don't think I'm cool <laughs> enough for it because I just don't know the artist. Like if it was me, I'd be like, oh, The weekend. Blinding Lights, love that track. Well, yeah, I'm surprised that didn't hit higher. Yeah. Oh, did that? Like was that on there at least? Uh, good question. So then maybe actually. I could have voted for that. But you know, I I think mm. that uh, the Triple J listeners are cool, and they know like cool music, and that's not me. That's not. So you. I can't okay. say if it's like eh or not because to me it's eh, but to other people it's like everything. Yeah, I do. Like when we when I first moved to Australia, it was like I know it was a huge thing as a teenager to go around to people's house, listen to the yeah. hottest one hundred. But I never really got on board because I was like, if I just want to listen to music, I'll listen to the music I want to listen to. <laughs> but maybe I'm too close minded. Maybe that was an opportunity for me to grow and build upon my music taste. Yeah, look, um, I remember when I was a kid, like some of my friends who were into like cool music, as I keep saying, it's cool music. Um, <laughs> they would put it on, and I would just be like yeah i don't really know what what this song is but yeah cool hottest 100 yeah <laughs> if you could have it um your way what would have been your number one? Oh, well from last year my top played song on spotify was the weekend blinding lights <laughs> <gasps> money that's so cool i think it really should have like Honestly, I'm with song, you there. Right? I'm with you there. Yeah. And it it went viral on TikTok too. There you go, exactly. So Triple J, up your game or or all the voters. <laughs> Australia, up your game. Up your game. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so as we all know today is Australia Day and in recent years especially the day has become a very hotly debated topic with First Nations Australians and allies calling for the day to be changed to one that isn't a day of mourning and hurt for First Nations peoples. Sounds, you know, pretty simple enough, pretty reasonable enough to me. What makes things especially annoying is that we've actually had a number of different dates that we've celebrated Australia Day before. Did you know this, Emma? 
I know that Australia Day on this date is new, but I had no idea there were other dates. Yeah, so as you were saying, it's quite new. It was only in 1994 that the government chose to make January 26th a national holiday. And before then, it has been celebrated on a few different dates, but some like one example is July 30. Why July so 30? Far, yeah, I don't know. It was That's actually the date that um, I think it was first started Oh, way, way, way ago. Um, and as one of my colleagues, Penny Burfitt, wrote in an article for Yahoo Lifestyle, the actual date was only declared a national public holiday for all states and territories in 1994, or about 26 years ago. That makes it younger than most of its fiercest defenders, which is so true. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, young. I, I'm going to reveal my age here, but it's younger than me. Yeah, there you go. I really recommend you read her piece. It's where I got a lot of my information. So shout out to Penny for that great article. I'll link it in the Facebook group as well. So the first ever Australia Day was held on July 30, 1915, and it was intended as a way to help raise funds for the World War One war effort. So um, the next year, the date was moved to January 28, just out of convenience. So it was never like a hard and fast, like, this has to be the day. Wow. So apparently January 26th was originally known as First Landing Day or Foundation Day, even though it wasn't actually the first time colonisers set foot in the country. Captain Cook actually disembarked in Botany Bay in April 1770. This date was celebrated only in eastern states, with other Aussie states celebrating on different dates entirely. What's more interesting is the fact that First Nations peoples were actually the first to claim January 26th as their day of mourning. (gasps) Yet another thing that we just stole. Later in 1946, the state's governments decided to choose January 26th as the national Australian holiday. However, they would celebrate on whatever Monday was closest to the date, much like the Queen's birthday long weekend. So whichever one's closest, we'll just choose that one. So... We haven't even had this date for very long and it's been moved in the past. So why can't we just change the bloody date? Like, come on, ScoMo, how hard can it be? Like the people that are fighting for it to not get changed, they're like the date hasn't been around that long. No. So what do they care so much about? I think they just want an excuse to... Drink in summer, right? Yeah, have a day off. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. But newsflash for the Indigenous Australians, this is like never a day off this day. No. Especially leading up to it. Um, There was this wonderful article I read from Marley Silver, who's uh, the co-founder of Titters for Titters. Ah, yep. Um... And she pointed out that every year leading up to this is quite, she dreads the question of what are you yeah. doing on Australia Day? Um, and she always has to like explain to people why, for one, she doesn't even call it Australia Day, she calls it Survival Day. Yeah. And I think all it takes is for people to have a conversation and understand why this is a day of mourning. And, you know, it, it doesn't mean that you can't go spend time with family and friends. Like you can still do that, obviously, but I think championing it to remain and to be so like headstrong about it is, is like to remain the public holiday on the 26th for Australia day. When Australians are telling you that they don't, want it to be on that day because that day is important to them for other reasons like it doesn't make sense and like if you are catching up with family especially if they're like older family members who are like maybe you can use the day to educate them and be like look there's a reason why people want to change the day and you 
Do you know what date people? Some people want it to be changed to. What? May eight, because it sounds like mate. Mate. <laughs> I love that. That makes so much sense. That's way better, right? What? Why aren't we doing that? <laughs> why hasn't that happened already? The governments, man. The governments. <laughs> what? Ah. Oh. I think I even said, I think, yeah, I read on SBS that more than half of young people want the date changed. There you go. So, and I know this is like, you know, with polling, there's always issues on what's the sample size, et cetera, et cetera. But there's like clear, there's clear want for it to change. So if the government is like, what are they waiting for? And just the fact that it was their date first. Yeah, that's awful. it just makes it, you just, it's so disappointing to be like, okay, well, like, it's actually something that they have not, uh, sorry, not like celebrate, remembered for years and years and years and years. And then we've just gone, you know what? That is a good day. The summer, <laughs> go to the beach, have a barbecue. Great. Oh. It's disappointing, right? It's it just, is disappointing. It's disappointing to learn that kind of history. It is. And I think, like, I, when I first moved to Australia, I I think for the first couple of years, I, I was the person to go around to a friend's place and party and stuff and um, buy the Australian flag bikini because I just had no idea. Yeah. Um, and I wonder if there's an issue with like a lack of communication about this. I did notice that the Australia Day Council is, there was an ad where they were talking about they were trying to respectfully talk about that it is a day of mourning. So I wonder if Australia Day is trying to reposition um, as a day that brings everyone together. But yeah. I think if you continue to ignore people who are saying, this, no, this is Invasion Day, this is Survival Day, it's just going to divide people more and more. Yeah, true. Disappointing. Come on, ScoMo. I think even ScoMo, what did he say? He said... Oh, yes. 26 January wasn't particularly flash, flash for those on the first fleet yeah. either. What the fuck does that yeah, mean? Yeah, I know. And then people are sharing photos of young indigenous kids like just standing near this old white man who oh. Like what did, what did he think that would do? I don't know. It really did not help his cause. I'm sick of him. <laughs> I've been sick of him since day one. (laughs) All right, we'll be back in just a moment for Is It Worth It and Sick Sad World. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter. We are at Pop Fix Podcast, or we'd love to have you in our Facebook group, which you can find if you search the same thing. We'd also love it if you could leave us a five-star rating and review if you're enjoying the show. It helps us out a lot. We put in a lot of effort for you guys, and uh, it really means a lot to us. You're listening to Pop Fix and it's time for Is It Worth It? And Sama, I have been watching a great reality show that I needed to share. Have you watched Bling Empire? No, but I've heard some things. You've heard some things. What have you heard? It's kind of like the real life version of Crazy Rich Asians. So it's basically Netflix's answer to Crazy Rich Asians, except it's a reality show and the wealth is even crazier than you can really imagine. Oh my gosh. Things like spending $19,000 a month on rent, giving out Rolexes (gasps) as party favours, going to Paris for a shopping weekend or just for dinner. Like, And that is just the beginning when it comes to these people's wealth. Like I can't even, 
Where did I, they get their money from? Oh, okay. So one of the um, standout characters is Anna Shay, and she's this really eccentric heiress, and her dad is in weapons. Oh. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She just has, like, crazy stories. I was reading that she actually trained with the military, and she learned how to, like, pilot a helicopter and stuff. You look at this woman, you wouldn't, you wouldn't think that that's what she's done. <laughs> the first time that we even see her, she's in a ball gown trying to break down a wall at home with a sledgehammer because contractors are stupid. Um, apparently okay. she's just been fixing up her home by herself over the years because she has nine golden retrievers and no hotel or landlord is willing to take her in. So nine. she can't move out of the house to have it fixed up. Though I kind of think, wouldn't you just get a new house? Like, yeah. Just... Or put them in like a dog retreat. Surely yeah. there's dog retreats for rich people. Surely. Um, but yeah, anyway, she is just such a character and it's just your classic reality TV, but the money just makes it better. And there are just some, like, really wacky side stories and things like that. Like, um, people trying to find their fathers, like, if they've been adopted or their families, things like that. Um, mm. There is one part of the show, though, that can be a little bit distressing. And that is scenes involving a couple called Kelly and Andrew. Because it's pretty clear that Andrew is maybe not physically abusive, but maybe psychologically. And, like, oh, is gaslighting okay. her. And their relationship is just not healthy at all. Some people have even called him the scariest reality TV personality in years. Wow. So, yeah. you. I, I mean, look, I, I know that I just said that, but it is a really, really great show. Um, you might even find scenes where you cry. You know, this show <gasps> gets deep at some points, all right? Really? Yeah. So wow. I reckon if you're a fan of Selling Sunset, because it is based in LA, and Crazy Rich Asians, of course, I reckon you would love this. It is just wacky, weird, and yeah, sometimes it can get a bit sad. But Aww. mostly it's just funny. Do you think it's like legit or do they emphasize? Um, like would she really wear a ball gown and fix well, up her house? I think she was house? going to an event. So she was just she okay. is just a bit wacky. Okay. She well, she's is, got nine dogs. Like that's yeah, she is wacky. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I think that she would probably do that. It's funny because there's one guy called Kevin, and he is sort of just in the group because he's friends with another guy called Kane. But Kevin is not wealthy like this. Like he grew up in like I don't know, probably not the Midwest. But I'm just gonna say the Midwest. Like, <laughs> he's a model though, so he's always shirtless. It's just like a running theme with him. But it's kind of funny because he is just like, he's kind of the regular person in the middle of it all. And so he kind of talks how you would talk if you were there. He's just like, how are you spending $19,000 a month on rent? Like, what is going on? (laughs) So he's just looking around at all these wealthy people like, why am I here? What am I I doing? What are they doing? I'm wondering why he's there. Like, (laughs) I don't know. He must be really good friends with Kane. But there's even a scene where Anna has like... um, Chanel or I can't remember who it was at her home like they had brought um all the clothes and stuff there and Kevin is there and she's like oh do you like that you can I'll buy it for you don't worry about it and so she buys him like sneakers and a shirt and all that stuff and then he goes he's like oh thank you that's very generous and then he leaves and he thinks that it's a test so he goes back to her house and goes I need to give this back to you because um it's too much (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, do you like the shoes? And he's like, I love the shoes. 
It's like, it's a gift. It's very rude to return gifts, Kevin, in any culture. (laughs) (laughs) She's not wrong. She's not wrong. Um, But yes, love the show. And as I said, Selling Sunset, Crazy Rich Asians fans, you will love it too. All right, moving on to Six Sad World, Summer. What have we got? What's happening? What's going on? So Canberran doctor Clara Tuckmeng Sue has given back her Order of Australia medal in protest against this year's Australia Day honoree Margaret Court, who is being promoted from an Order of Australia to a companion. For those of you who may not know, an Order of Australia medal is a recognition from Queen Elizabeth II of Australian citizens for their achievements or service in their particular field. Whereas a Companion of Australia medal is the highest degree of recognition. Like, Queen Liz is really saying, you got this. You're a great Australian. Wow. Yeah. I didn't realise that that was mm. the difference. Oh, so yeah. it's like a real legit award. Yeah. I mean, they both are, but the Companion one is touted as the highest regard. Um, yeah. So, oh. well, Margaret Court is going to be honoured for her achievements in tennis as she is a known exceptional tennis player and she's a 24-time Grand Slam winner. However, she is also known for her bigotry towards the LGBTQI community. For example, in 2017, she wrote an open letter stating she would boycott Qantas over its support for same-sex marriage. Margaret's also made distressing comments around conversion therapy and transgender people. Dr. Sue, who was awarded her medal in 2016, is a transgender woman. Uh, She's also an LGBTQI advocate and one of the first GPs in Australia to undergo transition. I believe she went under, she went through transition in 2018. In an open letter to the Governor General David Hurley, Dr. Sue said she does not want to be seen as supporting the values that the Council for the Order of Australia seem to be supporting with the promotion of Margaret Court. She also said the promotion is condoning, if not supporting, the very negative and hurtful statements Margaret has made about the LGBTQI community. She went on to say, Do we want someone who makes hurtful and derogatory remarks about a section of our community to be a role model for our community? Good question. Very good question. So Margaret has welcomed her new honour and said she is not going to change her opinions and views and thinks it is very important for freedom of speech so that we can say our beliefs. Um, again, are these beliefs or is this, you know, yeah. hate speech? Victorian Premier Daniel Andrews, the fellow we talked about earlier, get on the beers, Dan. Um, he's weighed in on the news and tweeted late last Friday saying, Grand Slam wins don't give you some right to spew hatred and create division. Nothing I love does. that. He, he, he doesn't even use her name. He's just like, no, nah, I'm not going to even say her name because she is ridiculous and horrible and, as you said, spewing hatred and creating division yeah exactly and a lot of people are questioning why now why is margaret court being honored or promoted this companion medal now yeah what it it, it doesn't make much sense does it no she's it's... already got the other thing yeah exactly she's already got one award it's like she's lucky she it, still has it to be honest be. yeah and I think it's so fair for Clara Tuck Men Sue to return her award because why would she want to be in the same group as her? Yeah, it's and it's it's disappointing though that she has to give up her award. Yeah, I, I just think it just cheapens it, don't mm, you reckon? Yeah, it takes away its importance. Even things like the fact that we still have Margaret Court Arena. Yeah, it should one hundred percent be the Yvonne Goulagon Cawley Arena. Exactly. What's going on? 
I don't know. Well, I, it's really sad, but I think it reflects how the government likes to treat Indigenous people. Well, for sure. That's exactly right. I mean, we won't change the date, and for some reason we can't even change the name of a tennis court. Yeah. Like, It's what's disappointing. Wrong? It's so disappointing. I, I feel sad that this is our whole episode is kind of just focusing on how the government is just fucking over, like, <laughs> you minorities. Yeah. But it's true. It is. Yeah, it's heartbreaking. I wonder what it was for, for them to go, Margaret, mate, you've done so good. Yeah. I don't know what it was. What has she done recently? I don't know. I genuinely don't understand. Just being a horrible person. Well, Okay. Well, easy. Let's all be horrible people and get yeah, yeah. rewarded for it, hey? <laughs> but yeah, as I said, I think it just cheapens the award. And of course, Clara's going to want to give it back because it just, it, ugh, if you're a trans woman and the reason that you got your award was due to work in, the, in HIV research with the LGBTQI plus community, I mean, it makes sense. You don't want to be in the same group as Margaret Court. God, and that no. just sucks. And also, her work, <laughs> I feel like, should be worthy over of tennis. A- yeah. Over tennis. Over tennis. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. I know the athletes, are, but yeah, <laughs> tennis. Well, yeah. And I know Margaret Court has been um, a mentor to many young professionals, but I don't think she would have been a mentor to many queer professionals, or yeah. if she was, probably did not make them feel welcomed. For sure. So... Why not, and I know this is up to David Hurley, the Governor General, hey David, why don't you, instead of promoting Margaret Court, promote Clara Tuck Mengsu? We need like Prince William and Kate Middleton to get involved and be like, look, <gasps> Gran, yes. you need to change this. <laughs> I, I reckon Queen Elizabeth probably doesn't even like, no, she's Surely. probably just like, Signing wait, that's things. still a thing? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the Commonwealth. I've got so much to do for them. Oh. oh, Well, I feel bad that we're ending on kind of like a sour note. Is there anything that we can um, say to, uh, I don't know, be a bit more positive here? Maybe to end on a positive note. Today, remind the people around you you love them and you value them because so many of us well, so many Indigenous people are mourning today, so tell your friends who care about them. Tell them you love them. That is all we have time for today. Thank you so much for joining us this week on Pop Fix, your weekly fix of pop culture news. Please subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. And if you could please leave us a five-star rating and review, we would truly appreciate it. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter. We are at Pop Fix Podcast, or we'd love to have you on our Facebook group, which you can find if you search the same thing. Samma, where can we find you on Insta? You can find me at underscore SammaRose underscore. And you can find me at Marnie Dixit. We'll be back in a week. Chat to you then. Bye. Bye.